0: I'm David Russell, I'm the Chief Executive of the Education and Training Foundation. We're the organisation that runs the Society for Education and Training. We're a a charity, we're owned collectively by the Further Education and Training System and we're mainly government funded. And our role is to support FE practitioners in all kinds of settings to develop their teaching and learning, to develop their careers and their professionalism for the benefit of learners. Whenever there's a need for collaboration or whenever there's close proximity of political parties in parliament, there tends to be more of a focus on areas of consensus. And in my view, there's very strong consensus around further education and technical education. And that's really, really good news for FE because I think there's broad cross-party support for an industrial strategy that puts technical education at the heart. I think it goes further than that. I think there's also broad recognition that FE has become underfunded for a series of individual decisions over time uh, which may or may not have been the right ones but it's added up to a cumulative position where FE is just very markedly underfunded compared to other bits of education. I think everybody agrees that's not sustainable and the different parties have expressed that in different ways. A focus on technical education, a rethink about funding, a sustained focus on what a post-Brexit world means for skills and employability and uh, the opportunities we give our own young people but also in terms of retraining. That's all really really positive for us and there are some quite big differences between the parties in their approach to higher education funding for example and some of their schools policies but in EFI consensus and that's really good for us. The new uh, Skills and Apprenticeships Minister, Anne Milton, we don't know, we don't have a relationship with, we certainly look forward to to working with her and uh, there has been quite a lot of turnover, let's be honest, there's been a lot of turnover at uh, Ministerial level for for Skills and FE. Um, That's less significant than turnover at Secretary of State level if you've got continuity of Secretary of State, then that's the main thing in terms of continuity of, of um, policy. And what the junior minister really dictates is things like pace, tone, the exact mix of stakeholders that will be worked with closely, that sort of thing. So that's all pretty positive for us as well. Generally, it's really good news when someone's reappointed. Specifically with Justine Greening, I think it's doubly good news because she showed a very strong affinity with further education. She showed a very high interest and priority for vocational education. She said repeatedly it's the most important thing in her brief and she wants to get it right. When I was in the civil service, I served eight different secretaries of state in a period of 16 years and countless ministers and every time there's a change of Secretary of State, there's a big process of not just briefing and informing but also discovering what the priorities are for the new Secretary of State and deciding which of the decisions that have already been made will be continued with and which need to reset because you have to ask a Secretary of State that. You cannot assume that just because her predecessor made a decision, she's happy with that. I think it's really, really hard to predict what's going to happen with the progress of Brexit negotiations. I think there are so many different forces and imponderables some political, some economic, um, some international. There will be implications for international student recruitment um, for both FE and HE. Um, Some colleges have been hit quite hard by reductions in, in international student recruitment, but I couldn't make a prediction how that's going to play through. I thought it was interesting that. The Labour Party were very clear and positive about free higher education. It was eye-catching and I think it it caught the imagination of lots of people and I think it is a, a very popular policy. I'm not sure it was debated very fully through the course of the election campaign. You can make a very positive progressive case for it. You can also identify issues with it and not just issues about cost. Actually, the Scottish government has had a policy of almost complete subsidy of higher education for Scottish students for for many years now. Perhaps counterintuitively, it hasn't had the effect that was desired. It hasn't helped um, more people from lower socio socioeconomic groups go to university. In fact, if you're poor, you're better off to be in England than in Scotland in terms of access to HE. Quite considerably better off, actually. So, given that the Scottish Government have largely paid for that investment in HE by squeezing FE, um, what we've seen is a bit of a shift in investment that has largely benefited um, the middle class and have been subsidised from FE, which predominantly acts as a ladder for lower socio- socioeconomic groups. So, I think it's a policy that needs careful scrutiny. It sounds like it should be very progressive and it should work for all, but it's not as simple as that. I think we'll see a different approach from number 10 as well. So the Prime Minister has already reiterated the importance of technical education. That's brilliant, that's really unusual that you have it as such a high priority. There's been lots of speculation that number 10 might run the government a bit differently now, be a bit less controlling, a bit more collegiate. If that's true, I think that's also good news for the Education Department um, because they have some pretty clear plans and if they can get on and deliver them then that will be beneficial and it will also be beneficial for ETF because we're a trusted partner for government. They know that they need expertise from the sector to make sure that their policies are implementable and have the positive effects that they want them to have. So having ETF at the table being able to bring in practical expertise about how policies should be implemented and what the workforce implications are that's a really great opportunity to get things right. For more podcast blogs and articles please visit the Society for Education and Training's website at set.et-foundation.co.uk Here you can find out how to become a member of the largest professional network of teachers and trainers in the UK and access a range of exclusive content to help you develop your career.